Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All working on Hunter Thompson. Oh, oh gosh. All crosses over, comes inside, puts up a right hand in it. Thompson can't guard him. Mama, there goes that man, Keyshawn Hall. Parquet back out top, Gilbert. Into Harkless, turns and shoots, 16 feet, made it, and a foul. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hours here. William Ramirez is the company. It's Cofield, Ari, as well. Later in the hour, we're actually going to talk some WNBA, a little bit of what's going on from a personnel standpoint around the league, but also what's happening with the Las Vegas Aces and De'Arica Hamby. Pretty big story that I think could blow up even bigger based on her complaints. But first, some headlines at five. You hear the UNLV running Rebel highlights on the way back. They get a victory last night, Willie, 86-72. to 72. End of the game got a little bit crazy. They were leading 81-72 with 2.29 left. EJ Harkless for the Rebels. Finished with 28 points. Goes up for a three. He goes to the floor. Looked like he might have kicked his left leg out a little bit. There was contact. That sign, that flop <laughs> sign, which now I see coaches doing it. Although some coaches don't do it because they freaking hate the call. And you know what's funny? When the season started, I was like, I like this. I'm tired of all the faking in college basketball. But here's the thing. The the officials have no idea in terms of consistency. Do it again. Let me see it. The, it's the little drop the hands. That's I don't the, know why, why that's – I actually think, because the thing that drives me most nuts that I wanted policed, and it has been cut out, is the head throw. I hate the head throw. When a guard will dribble into someone, and they're like, oh, like their head, you know. Yeah. I hate it. That actually should be the sign when the, the official comes over. He's like, number five, and just throw his head back. You know what it is, not this little dropping of the hands. Well, the flop sign resembles when you're telling us you're up. You ask the next question. Yeah. So. Yes, but I'm actually that. Uh, no one knows this, but I'm I'm paying homage to the old sports pig who passed away a long time ago. Who I used that used to do radio with, but he had he had like really short arms. Like <laughs> he was, I don't know what 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 was he? He was five seven four hundred, and he had little alligator arms, like a pterodactyl. And so he would he'd put his hand together, and I'm doing I'm now I'm doing like TV for radio, but he he'd do this weird motion where he's like, "You go, it's your turn." Yeah. So that's not really his voice either. But anyway, um, yes, it is kind of that flop. That's the, the anyway. The whole story is eighty-one seventy-two. Harkless goes to the floor. They call a foul instead of a flop. Jeff Linder, Wyoming coach, is like he kicked his leg out. That's a terrible call. You can't make that call. Then they show the replay on the video board. I'm standing like two feet from Linder, and he it was like it went off, flipped the switch, flipped and he friggin' lost it. And kept going, and the, the officials like, hee-hee. And five straight free throws for Harkless. He went 5-5, five of five, and it went from 9 to 14. Game was over. That was the final margin. And it's funny, Adam Hill, who, of course, is part of the company, Adam always says, in a lot of cases, maybe most, when a coach gets teed up, especially for complaining about a call, he was probably right about the call. And the official is feeling a little bit shaky about the call he just made. Like, I got a cover here. T. So, they win the game. 
But they were still a lot of runs. It was a weird game. Wyoming shot the hell out of the ball from three, but only shot 40% for the game. They just stopped defending to the point where they had to go to a zone. And the Rebels tried some new things on defense. So they've been switching all five men up until this last weekend. And then finally at the end of the game, they went away from all the switches because they have some players on the floor who, you know, in, in the case of Keyshawn Hall, he's a big guy, 6'7", 260, guard skills. But, you know, he's a, he's a big guy. He can't switch all five. And they were ISOing him in the last couple of games. So they went more straight man-to-man. So that was an improvement. So maybe the Rebels are headed back in the right direction. But here's the thing, Willie. Nevada's coming to town. Steve Alford, for me, is the Mountain West Conference Coach of the Year. They just took out Richard Pitino. They were picked ninth in the conference. They're a big, rough, tough team. Awesome matchup. And such a big game for both teams, but especially UNLV, because now they've got a real they – they, you can't lose at home again. And they got to reel off a bunch of wins here to make a real run at at least trying to avoid the first day, that play-in day, in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. We know they're not they're that large. They had, they, I mean, frankly, they could go 10-0. They, they have, could go 10-0, finish 12-6 and in conference, and I still think they'd be on the outside looking in for an at-large. Oh, there's no doubt. They, they're not going to finish. They cannot finish undefeated, and not, I don't even think they could be on the bubble at this point if they go 10-0. They, I mean, they would be at 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 twelve and six. Their numbers would probably push them up pretty it, good net in the would net. Go up, and they yeah. and and you, you know, you could say, hey, make it all the way to the final and lose in the final, and they still may be on the outside looking in because of this recent run. I would have to say that not only San Diego State, but they they, they would need two of the Mountain West teams would need to have hold a ranking at the time UNLV meets them, beats them, yeah. and I still don't know if that not, helps. And that's not going to happen. Because, think about this. One second. Think about this. Wyoming has not been good this year. They're missing their best player. He's the key to the offense. They're 6'9 player, Graham Ike. They want to play through the post. They don't have him anymore. It's completely changed the team. They scored a lot last night. I don't mean just 72, but they, they were effective scoring. Right now, technically, that's the worst team in the Mountain West Conference. You think anyone is going to really roll to a good enough record the rest of the way? I'm talking like 15-3, and 14-4 and four to be ranked from the Mountain West Conference? Probably not. Here's the here's the thing, and I, it's going to sound weird, but I tend to think that UNLV's ske- upcoming schedule and the situations it's facing is in their favor. Now, hear me out. Coming off the win last night, much needed. Reno comes to town, right? So you have a rivalry. You couldn't ask for a better situation, yeah. a much-needed win to stop the bleeding. At least the game's here, not in Reno. That game's in Reno. They're in trouble. Now they go on the road to Colorado State, which is normally, no, that's not going to be an easy trip, but revenge on the on the brain after a one-point loss at the MAC that contributed to the skid. They get to come home with revenge on the brain. Yeah, right? Sorry, it's, I, just, I two, just did a soccer they, throw yeah. in by Isaiah Stevens in yeah, your midcourt. They, yeah, very, yeah. We have the Hamby heave from the Aces years ago, and then Colorado State comes in with the Stevens shot, right? Fresno State's coming to town. So it's tough. Not gonna, not gonna it's, overlook it's them. It's tough because yeah. you're home versus Reno. You're on the road for Colorado State at Fort Collins. Now you're back home for Fresno State. Those three games are in a week span. But revenge on the brain for going for losing at Fresno State. The tough one is having to go to Wyoming, 
back-to-back with San Diego State. It makes these three games so vital to pick up that momentum, to get back to playing the way that they were playing at the beginning of the season. They needed last night so bad for these next three games, which I feel it falls in their favor with not only you got the rivalry and two revenge games. It's a perfect setup. They just have to play sound. Then you have to play perfect basketball, although that would help. Play sound basketball that they've been that they were playing earlier this season. With the right motivating factors, it falls in place. They have them. It's there for the taking. You got a day-night doubleheader on Saturday. We'll go with the baseball lingo. Okay. 2 o'clock, Lady Rebels at the Cox Pavilion. 7 o'clock at the Thomas and Mack. Opponent both times, arch rival, Nevada. Lady Rebels have none of these problems. They're looking to win their 20th game Saturday. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. They're ranked... They're not ranked in the top 25, but in a sense, they would be ranked 32nd if you consider the votes. They got one vote in this week's AP poll. Um, And the fact of the matter is, is Lindy LaRock has this team playing outstanding basketball for where it's at in the conference, for the conference it's in, the opponents it's playing. Um, I would love to see how it stacks up against a... Actual top 25 team. Yeah. But I think that she has this team playing like a Pac-12 squad. And I've said that the first three seasons, first two seasons of her tenure, at some point, right now, we're seeing her coaching ability from the Stanford uh, resume. And that's what this team is playing like. Whether it's a tough game against, you know, the one versus two battle with Colorado State. Whoever, if it's a team that's supposed to dump, like they're playing the way you see teams play out of the Pac-12. I just got my assignments for March. I have, outside of the first day, I have the entire Pac-12 women's tournament. I can't wait to watch that that tournament because I love Pac-12 women. I liken it to as close to WNBA action that you're going to see or Athletes Unlimited. But the Lady Rebels are playing fantastic basketball right now, like you would see what Lindy's been taught. Saturday, 2 o'clock, Cox Pavilion, $2 beers. Giving away red rally towels, 2,500 red shirts. If you go to buy tickets through Friday, making sure I have my date right, they have dollar tickets. I've been out to more than a few games at Cox Pavilion, especially calling some on TV on the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network, the crowds have been solid, but not spectacular. Uh, Logan Reaver, who's new to the market, pretty sharp dude. Had yep. some good angles from 8 News Now. Funny guy. He chatted up Essence Booker, one of their best players, and here's what she had to say about bringing bigger crowds out and maybe why crowds haven't been out there consistently. I honestly don't think it has anything to do with performance. For me, I always looked at it as a woman versus male thing. And I feel like our society still has that conflicting um, approach to things. And women still don't get enough support, still don't get enough attention. And, no, what do you know? You know V Women's Basketball is doing really good right now. And I, and I pray that we continue to do that. But we're, we don't, we're not receiving enough support. And I feel like that's that conflict that society is holding still. And I, I really don't know how to fix it, but to encourage people to come to the game. That's the noise several hundred guys made when they saw that on the internet. Because she got a couple of pushback tweets. 
She's not wrong. She's not. Because she's, she's, she's not wrong. There are a lot of males who, one, don't want to hear females speak up. Two, have it out for women's sports. They're just predisposed not to like it, not to watch it. You're 100% correct because we're going to be talking about uh, D'Erica Hamby in a little bit. But I tweeted something out and somebody replied and uh, our, our the big boss, Q, and I got into a thread with this guy, which I normally don't do, but I had caught up with it after the fact. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But this guy was like, yeah, nobody cares. That's pro women's, the defending WNBA champs. So any, you remember, do you remember? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, excuse me one second. Yeah. Let me give you the Cofield hand. Yep. Uh, the Lady Rebels are about as close to the same style of play that Becky Hammond has brought to this team. And it's not the, – the, the attendance is not for lack of coverage because – we have some, some some media members that get out there and cover them or have them on their weekly show. Although Kevin Martin does a good job. There was a there was a thread last week complaining that the RJ doesn't cover them because I think it was two Sundays ago they got a three uh, paragraph blurb. Okay. after a game, and I'm not even talking about the RJ because excuse me, but whatever it is that they do, nobody's picking up the paper anymore. They go online to read it, so if they can't find it, but I'm talking about. You want TV coverage, social media coverage, radio coverage. You're tweeting out stuff. So there's enough knowledge out there to who Lindy LaRock is and who the UNLV Lady Rebels are. This is on the fans of Las Vegas. And if you know what, if you're listening and you are a WNBA fan and you can't wait for the Aces to go, get your asses to Cox Pavilion and watch a team that went to the dance last year and almost beat Arizona, which the year before, I believe, Yes, pandemic year. Went to the, na- the national championship against Stanford. Have you spoken to Essence Booker, the UNLV guard? Have you this spoken season, to her? earlier this season in a Zoom, I believe. Okay. But she's, um, she's very confident. She's got lots of thoughts on lots of things. I don't think she's afraid to speak up. No. I don't even know if she processed like what the reaction would be to, hey, guys don't want to support and watch – female sports, because you know you're going to get some blowback. I don't think she cares. I thought this was really interesting, as she also mentioned someone else who should be supporting the Lady Rebels. As far as other teams, including, I mean, I'm calling out UNLV specifically. I don't feel like our own program and like school supports us enough as far as other teams. We've been to baseball games, we've been to football games, softball games. It's just, you know, having that acknowledgement and wanting to be a part of something. And I feel like everyone should want to be a part of this. And she speaks with a lot of pride because she's a local person who came back to Las Vegas. She, well, she also speaks from the standpoint of we're at the Run of Rebel games. Oh, yeah, no, I know what I, she's I saying. Because I saw them all walk by me last right. night because yeah. I was sitting in one corner before I you know, bounced to like eight different seats. And they walked right by me, as they do all the time, right by the Run of Rebels bench. And I don't know if she was calling out the Rebel men's basketball team. I don't know if she was calling out football I don't but, think she was uh, I calling. Thought, I thought that was that was pretty strong. Like, where are the where are where, where, our, where are university? Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to go to another level, you'd be like, we made the tournament. We're going to win our conference. We might go to the NCAA's again. We're on the verge of winning our twentieth game by the end of January. Should I go there? This would be this would be this would really get her in some trouble. But like maybe everyone else at the school should come watch us. 
We win. Too harsh? No, I don't think that any criticism. I took it to that level. They, 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 everyone should be supporting each other. Yes. That's the point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, 100%. And if that was her message, then I, I stand on the side of Essence Booker because I, I've known Essence Booker since she was a junior in high school. So I know what she stands for. I know her passion for her teammates, her city, her sport. <laughs> I, know, I know that everything she's talking is genuine. What makes her, it's what makes her good, too. And she's, I can't she's, wait she's to see her at the next level. She's a very confident basketball player. And let me floor. tell you, she's dialed in. Yeah. She's well dialed in. Yeah. So this is someone who will be a voice in the future. Essence Booker is, you know, she's 100% in support of anything that she's had to say. And on my point about winning, uh, if you remember, uh, Marcus Arroyo did have Lindy LaRock out to speak to his football team before last season. Yeah. Like, here you go. It worked for them. Right? They're on the verge of winning the conference for the third straight year, and they're you know making the tournament for a second straight year. They're setting they're setting a good example, setting a standard. She's doing something right. So I hope people go out there, and if you know if you want to have a a long day of Rebel Sports, you can watch the Lady Rebels back to basically back to back a little break in between. You can go get something to eat, hang around in the parking lot. I think there's going to be some tailgating out there. It'll be a good day. Tip off for the ladies at two o'clock. Tip off for the men at seven. UNLVTickets.com, which you can grab your tickets. And by the way, again, for the women's game, $2 beers, 2,500 uh, red shirts given away. Uh, if you buy before Saturday, $1 tickets. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. This sport is going to get someone killed. That's what critics, including other professional fighters, are saying about Dana White's new Power Slap show, which has now debuted on TBS. Featuring contestants who aren't allowed to defend themselves, getting facepalms so hard they're dropping to the ground and seemingly losing consciousness. With medical doctors warning, these people may never be the same and asking, what's next? Who can survive a stabbing? Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Uh, so many new voices on TikTok. I'll simply give TikTok credit for that. Don't get on my slap. Don't get on my slap. I'm on Dana gonna... White's slap. I never... Not I... you. I'm saying in general. Oh, yeah, no. Between Adam Hill going super soft and whoever that was... I just don't know if I can watch a show just of slapping. It's just it's, not, I'm not it's interested. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's not, a, it's not all about the slaps. It's not about the slap. It's about what goes on in between and right before the slaps. <laughs> There's a million things. Can you take in my a slap? To to, say that. Can you take a slap to the face? Can you slap a face the right way? Can you recover from a hard shot to the head? There is no standing eight count. There's no ten count, Willie. It's about a twenty-eight second count. And then you wonder who wants to do this. Because that part's crazy. So I'm all in. I'm wondering if you. I'm all in. If you, I mean, you are busy. You are. I mean, you. You know, the sideline reporting with UNLV football, basketball. Could you? I mean, are you down to do some some mid slap reporting? I don't think I'm a candidate to work with Dana White. Would I? Sideline reporting would be a little bit weird. You know, there was a guy who was a comedian. It'd be a little bit weird interviewing. Like, I, I was always a little leery of post-fight interviews. Not me doing it, but, like, boxing and MMA post-fight interviews. Because I don't think guys, especially after they lose, even when they win, 
have it all together after being hit that many times in the head. So I don't, I don't know after someone's been slapped in the face repeatedly that you should be interviewing them. Do you know who Melvin White is or was? Tell me. He would have been perfect for like some sideline commentary. He used to be at the Hacienda with Red Fox in a comedy show, better known as Slappy White. Mm. Fixture in Las Vegas in the 70s. You're pretty old. Yeah. Did you see Red Fox in person? No, I never went. I was too young when he was God, doing stand-up at the Hacienda, but I did watch Sanford and Son a lot. So, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Way to, way to turn it. A little different on TV. Red Fox versus in front of a live audience in Vegas. You know, it's funny a little different bring, in terms of the comedy and the language. It's, oh, yeah. It's funny you bring up Red Fox because today during my warm-up for PT, I was watching a Rickles, an old Rickles uh, bit on the Dean, the old Dean Martin celebrity roast. And before he got started, he goes, before I start, Red Fox. And he went in and he, did, and he, and he said something about Red Fox. And Red Fox stood up. He goes, I feel the same way. And everybody bust up laughing because, you know, Rickles went in all, all in on all ethnicities. Mm. But it just happened to be today that, yeah, Red Fox. But anyway, Slappy might, uh, White. Yeah. Maybe somebody needs to change their professional name to Slappy and be the sideline commentator. Slappy Stevens. Slappy Stevens, Slappy Cofield. Slappy Stevens. Slap fighting on the TV agenda tonight. Uh, probably some Utah State, San Diego State. We'll see what else is up. Maybe a little NBA. I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to watch Love Boat tonight. Love Boat? Yeah, I try to, reruns? Try to watch. What, does, are there... Yes, reruns. Well, I'm making sure. Don't but get I don't know if there's a new Love Boat. You might have me on that. That's what I'm saying. No, I mean, there's nothing better than the original. Of course. Are you going to watch Magnum P.I., the new one? No. Am I, and I never watched I don't think the I old I can do that. I never Re- what? The, no. Really? No. Love Boat, huh? Which yeah. one is that on? Uh, it's a part of that Pluto deal. Did you used to watch it regular? Oh, yeah. And then Fantasy Island right afterwards? Yep. The plane, the plane. That, was a, that was Saturday Night Doubleheader, right? Yeah. Back to back? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Adrian Barbeau. Oh, yes. On one of the Frequented. episodes. Oh, yeah. Mod on. Forget about it. And how about Barbie Benton? She. You know, I was actually, yeah. when I was trying to think of Adrian Barbeau, Barbie Benton kept popping into my head. Yeah. But it was not Barbie Benton. And it was how about Adrian the Lander Barbeau. sisters? Remember the Lander sisters? Um, I don't think Audrey was on a lot. Uh, Judy Landers, I don't even know how many episodes of The Love Boat there were, but I feel like she was on 25% of them. We have our own tattoo. Why would, why would you do that? <laughs> why? He's, as Ari said, he's 5'9". I, I wasn't he's, even going with that. Five, I, was just, I was just going kind of like with a little side. Our own just runs tattoo. Around yeah. I don't think that humor is acceptable anymore, by the way. I'm not even sure that a tattoo could be cast in a show anymore. Why? New times. Eh, I don't think so. New times. Come on. Tomorrow we're on the road, Silver Sevens, with a live show between <laughs> 3 and 6. Come on down, watch the show, win some prizes, live Music now on Friday and Saturday nights at the Bud Light Lounge where they've got a $3 beer and a shot special. Silver 7s, Flamingo, and Paradise. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. 
You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, Willie, let's get into one of the bigger stories of the week. It really hasn't gotten much coverage. The Aces haven't spoken about it, but De'Arica Hamby was very loud about her situation with Las Vegas. We wanted to bring in another WNBA expert aside from yourself. Fire away. Yeah, uh, it does an excellent job for WNBA, but also just covers women's basketball. My good friend Mark Schindler. Mark, how are you? Really, I'm really good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. How's everything on your end? Good. I'm glad we could get you on. We, uh, I know you and I tried to hook up uh, uh, on my other show, and you and you ended up getting busy because you're you you cover the WNBA, but you also cover the NBA. Um, a lot of things going on with free agency. There's a lot. I saw a WNBA tweet yesterday, officially official. But before we get to that, let's talk to Erica Hamby. You saw the trade come out, and then you turn around and you see her statement on Instagram. Your first thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, this had been bubbling for a week or two. It felt like just with some of the things that she'd been tweeting out, and that you could you could kind of see that there was something coming here. Um, as soon as I read the. Instagram post, so I was pretty uh, just heartbroken a little bit. You know, like obviously you want to wait until we get some of the findings from the investigation, but um, you know, with like I, I'm not out here thinking that Erica is lying about any kind of treatment. And even if again, if even like fifty percent of that is true, that's that's pretty that's pretty damning on the Aces organization and, and how things have been handled. Um, so obviously we want to be careful on that just because again we don't have the full full story on it yet. But regardless, it was uh that was really frustrating to read. Um and it, you know, you, you went from just thinking maybe there was some uh discontent about you know her her the potential trade coming um to to what that was. When you saw the initial tweet where she said it she kind of went back and forth in terms of saying, you know, it's you think that someone has your back and then they don't have your back and the, it immediately threw a red flag out about the uh, the uh, the organization. I just didn't know it was going to bubble. Did you think when you saw that? Did you think that a trade was coming? Uh, I thought it was less about. I mean, I, like I, I started to think maybe the idea of a trade, um, but originally, I mean, it it came down to like, okay, what does this mean for um, how payments working out or how. Uh, this next year is going to be covered. Like maybe the team was super on board when she initially announced that she was going to be pregnant. And obviously she'd already mentioned, she told Christina Williams um, that she was going to be, I mean, she was planning to be ready for the season. Like, and, and initially I was like, okay, well maybe the team is starting to, you know, they're not on the same page about what recovery plan might be like and, and how that's going and, and how they envision her coming back in the fold. So that was what I was initially thinking. I, I wasn't, you know, initially bobbing in the trade just because I mean, I mean, my entire since I've been since I was in high school. I mean, Derek has been on on the Aces or um, or Stars, so it's a uh, it's kind of staggering to even contemplate that. The it, she she obviously accuses the organization, right? And she's talking about the Aces, and when she talks about you know with the people who make decisions and their moms too, the two that stand out obviously are Becky Hammond and Nikki Fargus. Nobody from the organization is talking, and we'll get to that in a second. But my question, I guess, is as a league from a whole, because you know someone who makes a who's made a lot of noise and gets criticized for it, but Liz Cambage has always said there are issues beyond belief with the CBA how deep does this issue now run league wide is there do they have a problem with player pregnancy um i think 
I mean, that one's hard to tell for me just because I'm not, I'm not super well versed in that. You know, this is the first time, at least for me, like obviously with how things went with Nafisa Kalia this year, um, you know, that never, I mean, that never played out as an issue, you know, like that, um, at least based on everything that we've heard from Cheryl Reeve and from Nafisa herself, like that, um, the way that, that everything played out with that went smoothly because of the adjustments that were made to the CBA originally um, to be better prepared for, uh, for how to handle situations like this. Um, so I'd like to think that this is something that isn't um, going to be a recurring thing to, to pop up like this. But um, I think whenever we're talking about something that starts to gain traction like this and, and when we're talking about, you know, it's been like Dierka is one of the most notable players and uh, uh, noteworthy players in the league, just based on her following who she is. Like, I think that you start talking about what precedent can be. Um, so just from a sheer looking at how this plays out, I mean, that's going to be extremely important, especially with, you know, a new CBA coming up in a couple of years. Right. And well, and, and one of the last ones they made, the, the demands they put on the, on the ladies was, you know, that like to go overseas is if you're not back, by day one of training camp, regardless if your team's in the running for a championship, wherever whatever country you're playing in, you forfeit your right to play in the season. Now, that doesn't include rookie and first-year, I believe, players. Um, and we're hearing that the comments of Dierica and the allegations in terms of you're not committed to the team, you're not bought in, so on and so forth, um, it, 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 it just seems as if her allegations could run deep in terms of you know the the de- the word demand and the word committed, um, the pressure that's on the women, um, and, and without regard to what these situations that could come up. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think it's easy to forget too. I mean, she signed, um, she resigned like right to right at the beginning of the season. If yeah. I remember correctly, um, and I mean, she she took a pay cut. Like it's easy to look at how her season ended up going. I I know you'd agree with me. Like she was way more important for the team than I think her box score indicated by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, obviously had started like her, her play wasn't quite the same because of, I mean, we didn't realize what she was dealing with, but you know, it makes sense. Um, but I mean, what she did for them defensively opening things up lineup wise and, um, just being a fifth player who could fill in, in, in a, in a role that nobody else can play. I mean, she was essentially what they did. And again, like, She's coming off an all-star year. Um, she multiple times six women of the year. Like she could have got, gotten paid more somewhere else if she wanted to. So when you're talking about that and you're looking at her taking pay cut to be here for, you know, lock in for a couple more years, like that makes it not that it's already uh, not not that it's any worse, regardless of how many years she signed for. But like it just adds an extra layer to it too. Once again, speaking with Mark Schindler, follow him at MG underscore Schindler on Twitter. Covers the NBA, WNBA, the draft, scouting, uh, writer for the WNBA. Um, so a lot of great information if you are a basketball fan. So let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the WNBA. You saw that tweet from the league where it said officially official. When I saw this list, I didn't realize how many are still available. Um, and I quoted the tweet, Mark, I said, the names on this UFA list are ridiculous. You could assemble a championship roster with some of the names that are on this list. You could create a whole championship team if you wanted to. Yeah, without a question, man. I mean, this uh, uh, everything is going to come back to Brianna Stewart. Um, and I think part of what's been uh, frustrating is the wrong way to put it, but it's been a little bit, it's, it's been quiet. Like, it's been very quiet since things opened up last week because, 
it feels like everything's waiting for the shooter drop with where Brianna Stewart's yeah, going to sign definitely. and and how everything else falls out from that. Like we've really only gotten training camp deals so far. Um, so as soon as we find out what's going to happen with with Stewart, I think is is where we're going to see everyone else start to really fall out and sign from there. Um, I'll be curious to see if we get any signings before then, but it seems like, you know, I mean, we're not going to hear more until I, I think we really hear back on on what what happens with that. Because especially too, like based on all reporting that we've gotten, Courtney Vanderslip seems pretty tied to wherever Rihanna Stewart is going. Yeah. Um, so again, exactly like you're talking about. I mean, that's adding two all star, all W level players to a team. Um, yeah. I mean that. It, it's it's just wild because I think already we've seen multiple teams take significant strides into what they're going to look like this next year, and there's still a bunch of teams that are completely up in the air. I, I, I'm amazed that Bri, uh, Brianna Stewart is being shopped around, or she's shopping around as she is, because I thought for sure we were going to see Courtney Vandersloot, once her wife retired, Allie Quigley, that she would return home, take Sue Bird's place, retire in Seattle, where she's from, Brianna Stewart could stay there. Some of the other names that, you know, Lexi Brown, Jordan Canada, and the Agumake sisters, now with L.A. and the complexion of that team, with Kurt leaving the uh, Connecticut Sun, I think the Sparks all of a sudden could be a force out west. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens with them. Obviously, they made the Jasmine Thomas trade. Um, so I think, you know, especially when you're talking about Jordan Canada, I'd imagine she's going to be looking else, elsewhere just based on that happening. Um you know, it's the same like Lexi's a really underrated region. One hundred percent too. She's she's such a good player. She made really big strides in career year. Um, but exactly like you mentioned, I mean, they have I think five players under contract for the year right now. It's Ray Burrell, Katie Lusanelson, um, Jasmine, uh, Kennedy Carter, and I'm blanking on last person right now. But like exactly like I think to me, my assumption will be that the Agumakes resign there because they're a package deal wherever they go. Um, and then it'll just be, you know, based on how they build out from the rest of it. But they have a lot of cap space to work with. I think, you know, being there under a new regime with Kurt could be exciting for a lot of people. Um, so I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I'm going to give you a name that could end up in Las Vegas. I've interviewed her a couple of times. I talked to Dierica about her, and they're actually best of friends. Um, I covered her in Athletes Unlimited. She starred for Dallas. Do not be surprised. It would not shock me if Isabel Harrison slips right in. She's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know why Dallas wouldn't, you know, just make sure that it locked her up. But if she doesn't resign there, she was, for a brief moment, a member of the Aces organization. And then right when they moved here, and she never, I don't even think she got to play one game with them, but then she ended up in Dallas as part of the Liz Cambage deal. I could see Isabel Harrison, they play a very similar game. Yeah, I think she would be fun. Like it's uh, again, it's it's what part of what's so fun about basketball and how many games you get. Like Izzy was having a career season, first ten games of the season with with Dallas. They were playing a really aggressive defensive scheme. They were running a lot of things through her, and she was playing really well. Um, and then they just went away from it. Um, like she ended up starting at DMPs, and just from when I talked to her later in the season too, like she was. I mean, there were there was there was some disconnect between her and the coaching staff. I think and. Um, which is not that's that hasn't been uncommon in Dallas, to be honest. Uh, so I think I, I agree in, in totality. She's in the prime of her career. She definitely could fit a lot of what the Aces want to do. They want to play multiple. They want to play fast. She's really athletic at the five. Um, she's a smart player. She's a fun person to be around. So I could totally see her fitting in in Las Vegas. 
Mark, we really appreciate your time. Great spot. And you know what? As training camp approaches, we definitely want to have you on as things unfold with the WNBA and the Las Vegas Aces. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. There he is. Mark Chandler covers the WNBA. Good spot. Really good spot there. I like the offseason movement. How much, maybe this is a bit conspiratorial, how much do you think the league, WNBA and the NBA behind the scenes, sticks their beaks into player movement? I've always felt like there's certain markets are like, we got to get this to work. So in the case of Brianna Stewart and Vandersloot, wouldn't yep. they wouldn't they look at LA and go, we gotta get the Sparks back? Who do they want to get? Chicago? No, they want to go to they're 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 hyped up about New York because John Quill Jones, the former MVP who played with Connecticut, she signed with them. You got Sabrina Ionescu. Now you bring in Vandersloot and Brianna Stewart. Oh my they automatically become the favorites. Join Cofield and Company on Fridays for the 3 to 6 show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Time to go in the grab bag here on this Wednesday. Busy week to close out. Silver 7's tomorrow. Treasure Island on Friday. I love trolling on social media. Well, because when you don't <laughs> do make you love it trolling clear, or do you love getting trolled? Um, I don't mind getting trolled. Or do you just love the art of trolling? I saw a tweet from a Wyoming media member. Uh, we've had the guy on before. We'll have to get him on again before uh, UNLV goes up to Wyoming. Uh, Runner Rebels beat Wyoming last night. Wyoming is now 1-7 and seven in conference. I mean, they were expected to be a top-three team in conference. They suffered a bad injury. Graham E.K., their big guy, and they just can't get out of their own way. I still think they're going to be dangerous in every game the rest of the way and a pain in the ass in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, but he had tweeted out during the game last night. I mentioned at the beginning of this hour, UNLV was the beneficiary of a foul that was called on a three when E.J. Harkless went up and took a shot. Wyoming bench thought it was a flop, thought the call was a terrible call. 72-20 sports, right? They're at an elevation of 72-20. Follow them. They're good. Uh, Jeff Linder, this is last night, just earned a technical furious about the flop by Harkless. I responded today, flop question mark. What flop? <laughs> the guy sends back, you're joking, right? So as we read Twitter as a radio topic here, uh, just to finish it up. I I'm said, of course, it wasn't a great call. That said, Maldonado and Reynolds could tone it down with the head throws. The flop call sucks in general, but... A lot of the kids have to stop acting out there too. So, and and what do we say on the show all the time? If you get mad at bad calls, then you better get mad both ways. Because the bad calls that benefit you, you can't just sit there and go, "Yep." When you know deep down the call sucked, but but most fans and you know media slash fans don't look at it that way. They're only furious when it happens against them. Yeah, I'm looking at the the. Uh, I'm looking at his Twitter timeline, and then. Uh, yeah, definitely a good follow because I'm reading, yeah, he's good. and they actually write 
articles on yep. the uh, the radio's website. Real Inter- good. Interesting. Very good. Very good. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Boy, you were fired up there during that WNBA spot. When does the season start? May. Okay. You said that confidently. And you think if the trades that are speculated go down, that New York could be the favorite? No trades the, the, anymore. Now we're talking UFA. Brianne Stewart. Oh, that's right. Free agency, yeah. And so I guess, I guess my whole conspiracy theory about um, you know the league sticking their beak in there to get results that they want and make sure that star players are in the big markets isn't wouldn't be the case here because you also you can't it's not like oh they're gonna just here in New York here's a lot more money just buy these players because there's it's not like well, it's an unlimited cap. It's not, oh there is yeah there's a cap that's what I was saying actually there is a cap there's only so much the players can make right yeah there's only so much the players can make so much they can spend all together that's that I mean that's part of the reason that there's issues I mean you know and then that's going up I think uh, Kathy Engelbert the commissioner she announced that here in Las Vegas when she did her meeting, uh, the new CBA, as Mark, Mark Schindler just uh, mentioned, that's coming up in a couple of years like that, the, the, the women are going to be able to – I think that max is going from 250 to with everything involved, they'll be able to make close to 300000 400000 with that. With, then it could get to half a million with certain – Oh, really? Yeah, and then you have endorsements like – let's put it this way. Like Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum, all due respect, they're right. They should – you know, it'd be nice if the league could generate more revenue to pay them out of their own coffers, not the NBA – but they're not starving for money. They're making endorsement deals left and right. Asia Wilson's walking around with their face on Ruffles potato chips. So I mean, they're making Kelsey Plum has a fashion deal. So I mean, they're they're making money on endorsements. Let's 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 be real here. What's the salary cap on coaches' salaries? What salary cap on coaches' salaries? Exactly. Becky Hammond's making hand over fist and then yes. making demands of Derek well, Hamby's pregnancy without without players calling out. Coaches, I think that's what some players look and they're like, "Wait, what? How exactly. much?" Yeah, no, you're I got to go to Russia, right. To go, uh, you know, yes. potentially get thrown in jail and wrongfully detained. Absolutely. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Boy, Willie is lined up every day. He comes in on Cofield and Company to freaking annihilate Tom Brady. <laughs> this is red meat for him. Do we have the uh, the Sirius XM Tom Brady with his genuine answer to Jim Gray? Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. How mad does that make you? I, I find it funny just because there, there was, there's that, and then I see this other article where the headline, Tom Brady says he's catching up on life after the emotional loss that ended his season. Are, are, are you, are you uh, figuring out what you're going to do to play another year, or are you catching up on your life? What is it that you're doing? It's been a trying and emotional season for Tom Brady, both on and off the field. And when he was going through that with Giselle, we talked about it here, the leave of absence, the 11 days, whatever it was, back in the training camp, we said, I said, you didn't believe me that it had to do with Giselle and him deciding to return. It's been on and off the field with this guy. He's gone through a lot. I get it. Hmm. But I just find it funny, you know. I Yeah, leave him alone. I, I kind of agree with him getting fired up. But at the same time, he's catching up on life. It's an emotional loss. It's, guess what? It's not all about you, Tom. It's not all about you. There's still a Super Bowl to be played. Give me that bite again, the Tom Brady bite. 
Oh, boy. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to f***ing do, I'd have already f***ing done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. Fired up. He didn't answer the question, did he? No, he didn't, but he did read the script. That was completely fake. Come on, Willie. Completely fake. Let me ask you. Better acting job. That line on Sirius XM or when he was lying in bed and Ted was servicing him? The teddy bear. Did you see the movie? Yes. I Better acting job. Which one? If I knew, I would freaking <laughs> tell you. Ah, <laughs> oh, TV 12! It's going to be worth every penny of that 375 10-year deal with Fox.